It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! everybody this is ears up podcast and uh we're back here from our fifth anniversary um i don't know i call it a marathon but i i don't know if it was a marathon really so much as a an error in judgment uh no it was cool i like how we still have the honorary mic for uh jeremy in the studio we do he's with us in spirit that's right. We actually, uh, I meant to buy a, a box wine to set in front of the microphone, and it would be just like Jeremy was here. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a good time. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in uh, to the five-hour show. I still get people commenting right now about uh, um, listening to that marathon. Yeah. It was crazy. It was good. I enjoyed it. I, it's, I, I had a couple people say that was our best show we've ever done. Well, we had a lot of... <laughs> A lot of time to try to make it our best show. I think they're talking about like a thirty-minute window of that show was our best show ever. <laughs> well, Five we also hours, were so stuck on a schedule that we were really like on point. That's a really good yeah. point. <laughs> True. Yeah, we still have the schedule up there for both the. I still got it. Yeah, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a long time, dude. It was a long, it was a long time. And uh, anyway, let's go over it again. So we started, and you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it other than uh, thank you very much for tuning in. It was uh, it was a good time, and I'm glad that we were able to do it. I don't know if I want to do a 10th anniversary because that's a long time. Ten hours. <laughs> Let's just do it like uh, at an hour every year. That's what. That's kind of the thought. Um, but that's still a lot of content. <laughs> I feel like we've we've um, I don't know. Pete, in ten years we're going to be out of content. We're going to be talking about like. The best fanny pack you can buy for the Disney like it's going to be terrible. This is my review of fanny pack. I've I use forty nine different fanny packs, but half of them on Wednesdays and half of them on Sundays are better feeling for fanny packs. But uh, you know Wednesdays are more optimal. Our sponsors are going to be fanny pack extenders. <laughs> oh, dude, I would take money for fanny pack extenders. Yeah, especially if Terrence is making sandwiches. <laughs> Terrence just made um, Bro. Terrence just made Beverly's daughter uh, a grilled cheese sandwich with more butter than I use in an entire week. <laughs> it was, okay, so you have to make sure it's nice and buttery and grilled. And so I, I added a little bit. <laughs> Stop. Dev looks at me with dead First eyes. First of all, you didn't add, add a little it. bit of anything. No, 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 no. So I greased the pan with butter, and then I yeah, put more butter on it. Yeah, this was on a greased pan. Yeah, it, it's, I'm sure it's delicious. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. Oh, and she's yeah. not going to have a heart attack at six, almost seven. She'll be she fine. pretty much had like she's a seven butter tomorrow. sandwich with some bread and cheese in there the was, middle. There was a good butter to cheese so the, ratio. The, gre- <laughs> the grilled cheese sandwiches we make at home are... You put butter on each side of the bread. You smear the butter. Right, you spread it's it. Spread it. Spread. Correct. Yes. You can't spread butter that's not melted at all. So you spread the butter. <laughs> Don't you? And then you put a, pe- a piece of cheese. Yeah. Right. How many pieces of cheese did you use, Terrence? There were three pieces of cheese, and that's compared to the and a stick of butter. The great. It was not even a. It wasn't even a quarter of a stick but oh, okay so a fifth i of a stick. so i made her kid 
a meal. I didn't throw grapes at her like the mother did. I made her a meal. I'm going to have to side with Bev on this one because grapes at least aren't butter. No, I know, but she would be in here in two and minutes. I handed the spilling. grapes to her. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. But now My I bad. wish I had thrown them at her. <laughs> Me too, if I'm honest. She said it's delicious. I'm sure she did. And I appreciate the fact that you cooked my kid a meal because I didn't want to. Yeah. I fed her before we got here. She shouldn't be hungry. Cheers. We lost internet. We did? Yeah. Eh, oh, well. Who cares? Okay. Um, let's see. With us today, of course, is Jeremy, Jeremy. from Spectro Radio. Jeremy, are you there? I am here. Hi, buddy. Hi, and I just want to say that a buttery piece of toast. Well, actually, no, it's not keto at all. Never mind. <laughs> not at all. It's not for me. It's not I for thought me. it was keto. It's keto. Yeah, it's Kaito. It's Harvey Kaito. It's Kylo. Yeah. Um, hi, Jeremy. I also have to say that I think uh, adding an hour for every year is a fantastic idea. Well, because you're not planning it. I feel like I feel like we have we have pulled out all of the tricks in the bag, so to speak, for filling time with That's our it? five. You're done. Yeah, well, no, with with that five hour one, I don't know if we could fill six hours of content. I don't know. You said we couldn't fill five hours. We could do it. And you originally wanted to do twenty four hours, which is yeah. insane, by the way. How in the world? Is that how that started? Yeah. 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 Oh, and then I dropped it down to 14. <clears throat> so, you know, <laughs> and then I uh, well, went down to five. <laughs> <laughs> five sounds just about right. Yeah. yeah. That was a good time. <laughs> you had a rough morning, though, Mr. I leave at four o'clock or whatever it is. Bro. That was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm honestly so shocked that you made it. I know. I came downstairs early because Alice was awake, and I came downstairs, and I was like, I know I'm just going to see a lump of Jeremy, and he's not going to make his flight. And I came down, and, and that wasn't there, and I was I was equally shocked. I actually have a question around that. What time did I leave? <laughs> and how? And how did I leave? Uh, about, it was dark in your house. About 1230. <laughs> So um, we, you know, after the secret show, of course, we were thoroughly sauced and uh, people made beer runs and uh, Bev's husband, Sam, uh, who's a a guitar wizard, was just taking requests for songs. And uh, Jeremy kept throwing songs out at him. And then we all, you don't remember any of this, Jeremy? Jeremy's like, it sounds like a nice night. (laughs) At one point you wanted to hear a song and you were like, where's Sam? (laughs) (laughs) I have no recollection. Of that. Oh God, it was it was beautiful. And then um, we put on Titanic for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. Vaguely. Yeah, and basically we just listened to Jeremy scream the lines in a weird New Jersey New York accent um, until he passed out on the couch. And I had a great time. Feet on the ground. Yeah, feet. Yeah, feet on the ground. Sitting up. Kid falls asleep. <laughs> it was a good night, bro. Good night. <laughs> so you just like get up and get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it was a whole thing, but uh, I'm glad you made it out, dude. It was that meant a lot that you uh, spent a um, billion dollars to get out here for. It was less than 24 hours, I think. I, <laughs> I don't even know what your deal was. It was so fun. I would do it again tomorrow. All right. Well, let's go. Okay. Tuesday. See you tomorrow. No, wait. What is today? <laughs> Thursday. Friday. Saturday. All day recording. Actually, it's just going to be Jeremy and I talking about Titanic. Yeah, but you know what? No drinks. That's what really got me off the rails. Well, you started too soon. Damn Brad. I forgot about Brad. 
for a full week, all we were saying was, sorry, I'm not Brad. Sorry, I'm not sorry, Brad. Sorry, I'm not Brad. Yeah, and if you're not a Secret Show uh, member, dude, you're not understanding what's going on. So do me a favor. Go to patreon.com slash ears up. Sign up for five bucks. You can grab the three-hour Secret Show. And so what we did is we had a bartender. Ten drinks were made, and I listed all the recipes. Mm-hmm. So you can recreate that, and actually, you can listen in real time if you want. It was... Uh Interesting. It was a good time. Going through my phone the next day, like, I don't remember that. And I don't, when did I take that picture? (laughs) I don't remember that as well. Uh, This episode is sponsored by Getaway Today, Disney's top wholesale partner. They'll help you plan your Disneyland vacation with the best tips and secrets, all while making it affordable with their discounted tickets, reduced hotel rates, and layaway plan. Head online to getawaytoday.com slash ears up and start planning your magical vacation. Tell them ears up sent you and use code ears up to save an extra 10 bucks on your SoCal vacation package. You can find us on social media, of course, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Any feedback on the show or kind of anything in general, <clears throat> general feedback. If you don't like the color of bread, I don't know, tell Taryn. Uh, that's Taryn at yearsup-podcast.com. So show suggestions or guest suggestions if you're a guest uh, or if you want to advertise on our show, mm-hmm. Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi, hi to Bev, and anything else comes to me. I'm Jason, earsup podcast. Excuse me. Uh, you know how to support uh, Coveyors. I don't know, man. Go. Oh, uh, Actually, for those of you who don't know, we have an Etsy page. It's a Coveyors Etsy page. But if you're looking for the churro shirt or the uh, we want the the redhead um, churro shirt, <laughs> the, the skull. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Uh, go to Etsy and look for Coveyors. Um, and you can buy them in junior sizes and babies and women's and men's and 4X and extra small and mugs and all sorts of stuff. So go, I don't know. Yeah, go, go do that. I don't know. I'm very melancholy. Are you right okay? Now. I'm tired. I don't know. I'm tired. Um, I, I'm disappointed. I don't have any beer, which is a weird, which is weird. Um, okay. So before we get into the show, which is, uh, Bev doing the, uh, what did you do, Bev? Disney movie Easter eggs part dose. I hate this show already. I'm just going to be honest right now. Why do you I don't hate like this? it because I'm like, and I'm not really on my game right now. Is that weird? Okay. Do you guys like you it? Hate, How, yeah. You hate going? my topic? Or you no, no, hate... no, no. I don't hate you. Stop. Terrence, on That's a scale of... You just of... looked at me and said you hate this show. <laughs> on a scale After from you one asked to ten. me what today was about. On a scale of one to ten, give me where you think the show is at right now so far. I think we're at a six. We could be at an eight. Okay. Uh, Bev, go ahead, please. I think we're at a seven. Ooh. I'm sorry I'm not Brad. <laughs> uh, Taryn. Uh, I would go with six. And Jeremy. It's dropping. Stop being a wet mop. <laughs> Is that a, a wet mop? I've never heard that Rate saying it. before. It's an East Coast thing. Rate it. Rate the show right now. Five. Yeah, see, I agree. I think it's actually it's more like a two, but it's me. It's me. I'm sorry I'm not Jeremy. fascinating. <laughs> Um, speaking of uh, doing things that are better than me, uh, I went to Modern Mouse Radio on ne- network1901.com. Uh, it's uh, basically, they do a bunch of podcasts over there. Yeah. And uh, Josh was kind enough to invite me on Modern Mouse Radio to do some armchair imagineering. So I did that, and it was a good time. I had a good time. So you can check it out. Go to network1901.com uh, and uh, look for Modern Mass Radio, and you can hear me tell boring jokes and uh, basically knock it out of the park. I mean, because you know how we do in this, in this show, right? You know how we do. We get real, and we That's get right. detailed, man. No, it was good. It really was good. 
You listened to it? I did listen to it. Oh, I geez. listened to it and promoted it. It was very good. Oh, hell yeah. So check that Is that out. why you're feeling so down about this episode? Because they do such a good job over there? <laughs> oh, burn. No, I don't know what I... Uh, I don't know what my deal is. I just... Uh, I ate, I think what it is is I ate that giant bowl, that burrito bowl from Chipotle. Chipotle. And uh, now I have salmonella, I think. Perhaps. Would you like a glass of wine? Yeah. I'll get that for you. Thanks, homie. Okay, so our topic today, Bev, is Disney Easter eggs. Well, part two. Part two. Because we've done one set before where I did the most recent 20. Yep. So we're sort of going backwards, and now we're doing 20 again backwards. Okay, that's cool. Our so, time frame spans 1950 through 1996, I believe. Awesome. Oh, wow. Nice. Ooh. Hell yeah. And how many movies did you have to buy this time? <laughs> <laughs> buy two. Yeah, la- really? Okay. Did you really? No, I bought one and I rented one. Okay. Because I like to, conf- if I can't find like a YouTube video to confirm, yeah. I'm not just going to go off of what the well, internet says. I wish we says. knew someone who had all these movies. <laughs> I know, right? I've Actually, I've given them to her. I know. Yeah. I know. And she gave it back to you without it being touched. Because Sam was like, why would I want that? I could just always download them for you. Because but also, already downloaded. No, I know. I why would you want to Taren, buy a car? I can just I can buy one and disassemble it and reassemble it. I understand this is that. seriously this is why Sam. you don't listen to Sam ever about anything. And also, anything. Sam has been working six days a week, 12 hours a day. So I see him in passing at night. That's nice. It. Two it's ships fine. passing in the night. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go get you that wine now. Okay, thank you. Before we get into that, uh, Taryn? Yes. Do we have feedback? We do. All right, let's go. Uh, hey, we are in Disney World. Uh, we were in Disney World when my do- when my oh my god <laughs> when my dog. What happened to their dog? I'm concerned now, Taryn. What's going on? <laughs> Not their dog. We were at a five. What are we now, Taryn? <laughs> we're, we're at door three. God damn. We have no strength. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's a disaster. Okay. Hey. Like the Titanic. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You just jumped to okay. an eight. I have to start over. I'm going to start over. This is from Chris. Please do. Hi, Chris. He says, hey, we were in Disney World when my daughter was eight months old, and she was way too young to be scared by any of the rides without a height requirement. She was totally, she was happy to just go along for the ride, and we had zero issues. So we were able to enjoy everything, then use Rider Swap to try to get on the bigger rides. Plus, okay. Disney easily has the cleanest and nicest baby stations you'll find anywhere, which simplified life. Must say, an eight-month-old was a perfect Disney travel companion. We were also lucky that she fell asleep in strollers whenever it was in motion for a long time. Mm. We never had to go back to the room. Naps were often spent with a drink in our hands when at the appropriate park. Nice. Flashing forward to a more recent Disneyland trip with our now five and one and a half year old, and we had we had to disrupt our day with the odd nap, and the kids didn't last as long as as we did, or as they did when they were eight months old, but still had a great time. Your suggestion for bringing those noise canceling headphones is a must do. Never oh, okay. never noticed before, but the dark rides seem surprisingly loud, at least for the eighteen month old. He immediately started crying on our first ride, Peter Pan. After a quick Uber trip to a sporting goods store, the newly purchased headphones saved the trip. The five-year-old ended up wanting to wear them on the rides as well. Hmm. Highly recommended. Hmm. Interesting. By the way, we're friends with Jeff and Carrie from Canada. Oh, cool. And uh, used to gently mock them for their constant Disneyland trips. I always thought it would be a once-in-a-childhood trip for our kids, but they convinced me otherwise and, and to try to take them when they were younger. They also recommended the podcast when I was planning our trip, and here I am 18 months later and still listening and anxious to go again. Cheers, Chris. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Thank Chris. And then uh, we have one more. Is it also about 
So that was referencing our, our last show besides the fifth, which was uh, Who Takes a Baby to Disneyland? Mm-hmm. Yes. By the way, this glass of wine is the butter slice of <laughs> glasses of wine. This is Terrence, Terrence Butter Slice. It's no, like huge. Is that too much? No, it's not at all. That's oh, perfect. It's not? Okay. All right, go ahead. Is it in a coffee cup? <laughs> no, but I wish <laughs> it was. <not. laughs> uh, Taryn and Jason, I just wanted to give you a few more tips about bringing Alice to Disneyland. I have two kids, and I think we started taking my oldest when she was two, but my youngest made her first visit at four months and then again at 11 months. So I had babies at all stages in the parks. You guys talked about the baby care center, but seriously, this place is the best. They have giant, clean, padded changing tables with fans overhead. So essentially, if you're trying to change Alice's clothes or if you're dealing with a blowout, it is just as much it's a just a, a much more pleasant place um, than the okay. sometimes gross overcrowded tables in the park. Oh, they're oh, so yeah. gross. Also, bring a full change of clothes. Kids are small, and you never know when disaster might strike. Yeah. As far as the rides, the thing to remember is they process things so much differently than you may expect because they aren't always seeing the story unfolding. For example, my kid was fine on Alice in Wonderland until the very end where the birthday cake explodes. <laughs> she freaked out and was bawling as we got off the ride. Nice. Um, I hope that happens to my kid. (laughs) (laughs) My kids were both mesmerized by pirates when they were under two, but then they freaked out by it when they were around four. Your visits will be different every time. I was super surprised that no one mentioned Rider Swap. You guys can wait in line with the kid, and and when you get to the front, one of the kids get... One of you gets on the ride, and the other one stays behind with the kid. (laughs) Then, once the first person's done, they come back for the kid, and the other person hops on. This is especially helpful if you have waited for a ride that maybe you thought she could go on, but then it's super fussy or asleep, and you don't have and you don't want to bring her. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Uh, I also will counter Bev and Terrence a little. Hell yeah! In that we did try to sort of stick with our normal schedule, especially since the daytime naps were super short or non-existent. We had to leave the park early to get the kids to bed. My kids would also wake in the morning at their usual time no matter what, so then they were exhausted uh, the next day. We also tried to make sure everyone ate at the usual time and often brought a lot of our own food. Really, you just have to figure out what's going to work best for you to keep your sanity and realize that this isn't your first or your last trip to Disneyland. So if you don't manage to do the thing you love this trip, there's always next time. Finally, the lines may be your worst enemy. Bring bubbles. Interesting. That's a good okay. tip. Bubbles. All right. <laughs> that is a good idea. Yeah. Well, your trip is probably... Well, your, your trip will probably be stressful and exhausting. I hope it is also magical. Have fun, Diana. That's awesome. sweet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going to the uh, hotel a lot. I'll be honest, because yeah. we're staying at the Disneyland Hotel, and uh, I want to really maximize that. I've also been to Disneyland a couple times, so I'm cool with it. Yeah, just a couple. It's also going to be super warm. Like this Saturday in Anaheim, it's going to be 90 degrees. What? That's disgusting. Tomorrow, 92 degrees. Ugh. God. Why? Where's Um, winter? I know, right? Thursday, November 1st, it's going to be down to 75, but I don't expect that's going to like last very long. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to swimming, dude. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So am I at your hotel. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, okay, before we get to Beverly. Jeremy. No, Beverly. Beverly's first? Sorry. I wasn't here. I was getting you wine. Before we... What? Oh, nothing. Okay. Sorry. You Sorry. guys are all <laughs> freaking me out right now. <laughs> oh, what I, I hate this show. I said before we get to Beverly. That's before we get to Beverly. Oh, I see what you're doing there. The we unravel the magic behind some of Disney's most beloved pieces of music. It's Spectro Time! This magic night, a million stars will play beside. 
Jeremy, save this show, please. All right, let's do it. Come on. Get it together. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about today, bud? Okay, we are going to go to Epcot, and we're also going to go back in time a little bit. Oh, I like like doing both of those things. Yeah, me too. To to one of the best-loved attractions ever at Epcot or Disney, and that is called... Horizons. Ooh. Mm. Horizons holds a pl- uh, is, is almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to put my head through. A Spoiler alert. God. <laughs> Horizons is um, it's one of these that holds even even if you are a Disneyland person and you or have never been to Epcot, you probably have heard of Horizons. It is it holds a place in Disney. Kind of mythology and history that you can't get away from. Okay, even if you tried. Even if you try, you cannot get away from Horizons. Horizons could be thought of Ep- as Epcot's keystone attraction when it existed, <clears throat> because while other pavilions such as World of Motion and the Land focused on singular topics, Horizons touched on all of the disciplines featured in Future Worlds, such as communication, transportation, energy, sea, space, agriculture. It was all there. Originally, Imagineering, working with GE executives, because GE, GE sponsored the pavilion, um, the Imagineers working with the GE executives led by their CEO, Reginald Jones, presented a concept that focused on Thomas Edison and historical advancements in technology and invention. However, in 1981, during the attraction's development, Reginald Jones was replaced by new GE CEO, Jack Welch, who wanted the attraction to focus more on the future. The final show was a compromise that featured both a look back at the history of invention as well as a vista onto the future. The attraction was known as Century 3 in its early development phase to celebrate the third century of American existence, as the United States had only a few years earlier celebrated its bicentennial. However, Disney and GE execs felt that the name Century 3 was too America-centric given the target global audience of Epcot. Sorry, my hand just hit my running medals as I was gesturing. (laughs) I have too many medals. Did you hear that? Yes, we did. (laughs) Sorry, I have too many... Sorry, I'm proficient at running. (laughs) Hey, these are jock problems. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, the total... What did I say? Uh, (laughs) It was too America-centric because... Um, Epcot was meant to have a more global audience. And so they changed the name to Future Probe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. That's amazing. Whoops. What is with the naming schemes going on in in, in Orlando? Like, I feel like nothing is really named as cool as they think it sounds. Give me an example besides Future Probe. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Ellen's Energy Ride or whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah, that's not that great either. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, But it only stayed as Future Probe for a bit. Apparently that didn't get by too many people. Uh, And they finally settled on Horizons, which I think is a fantastic name. (laughs) The attraction opened on October 1st, 1983, which is Epcot's first birthday. Guests entered the attraction to something called the Future Port a transportation hub of the future designed by Imagineer Gil Kepler that featured the pavilion's theme song, New Horizons by George Wilkins, number one. I can do that. 
That was uh, epic. Weird. Very exciting. Does anyone else have chills? <laughs> no. no. No, it's like 85 degrees in here. No. Sorry, no. I'm not okay. Jeremy. But one of the reasons why I said earlier that that holds a place in Disney history is because um, you might recognize those lyrics. If you can dream it, you can do it. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. <clears throat> no, that's Don't Dream It, Be It. Sorry. Walt Disney, right? No, that's Let's Do the Whatever Again. Time warp. Time warp. The time warp, yeah. The whatever. The whatever. <laughs> um, but you, uh, often th- that quote, which is from Horizons, uh, is often attributed to Walt Disney incorrectly. You'll see it on t-shirts and such. Yeah. So who said it, Roy? The, um, <laughs> George Wilkins. Oh, nice. When he, when he lyricized that song. <laughs> lyricized <laughs> it. <laughs> it sounds like an 80s exercise class. <laughs> Let's get lyrical. <laughs> now, Disney's Richard and Robert Sherman were originally assigned to write the ride's themes and composed a track entitled Tomorrow is the Rainbow, which was then rewritten as Reach for New Horizons, and it never made it into the attraction as GE executives wanted something that felt more futuristic and less traditionally disney reach here for future is reach probe. for new horizons by the sherman <laughs> brothers that never made it to the attraction number two nice number two So you know the when you walk down the street and you see the woman who has the haircut from like 1987 because she found the haircut that she liked and doesn't want to do anything else. <laughs> That's kind of how the Sherman brothers were. Like they found their 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 Their's spot sound. in like 1964 right. and never moved past it. Right. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. They were like they were like well, guys. We're building this futuristic ride. Can you write a song for it? And they're like, yeah. How about some ragtime? It's also going to sound a lot like Small World, but don't worry about it. It's just you. It's a big horizon. And like, oh, this sounds familiar. Future probe is coming, and don't worry about it too much. <laughs> If you end up overthinking, then you <laughs> then the wine you will be drinking and future world in Epcot. Pay me. Future world, future probe is coming. Probe. All right, that'd be a good T-shirt. If we knew future. graphic people, oh my god, that would be a great like T-shirt, man. Future probe is coming. That's true. Yeah, future probe is coming. It's a little edgy. Yeah, you think. While waiting to board the attraction in the future port, <laughs> guests were treated to posters and advertisements enticing them to visit the advanced communities of the future they were about to learn about in Horizons, Mesa Verde, Brava Centauri, and Sea Castle, number three. Sea Castle, the newest and most exciting floating city in the Pacific, invites you and your family to come away with us to the sea. Daily departures by Sea Train and Skylift. 
most advanced desert reclamation complex in the Western Hemisphere invites you to explore its wide range of career possibilities. Maglev Express Service to Mesa Verde leaves every 30 minutes. Is it me or did she say Mesa Verde? Mesa Verde. The first time. Miso Verde. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Never mind. You're even going to do it. Like Jar, it's a very Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Oh. Miso Verde. Miso Verde. That sounded like a commercial for like a Bentley from like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Jeremy. Please continue. Okay. So then guests entered into the first section of the attraction, which took them on a trip to look at the future through the eyes of the past, known as looking back at tomorrow. What? Included- what? Hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry, what? So you're in the present, <laughs> but you're in a ride that's the future, but you're looking back into the past. Wouldn't that just be the present? This is straight space balls, dude. This is insane. <laughs> when will when the is- present be present? Soon. Soon. When? I, I mean, it's just, it's just a big mirror looking at you like why am i looking at myself because you're looking at, at the, the future past. from the past from the future which is the present <laughs> god how much cocaine was going on in Orlando <laughs> during this time Jeremy? no be great <sighs> i think it makes perfect sense okay okay oh. yeah. explains a lot jeremy <laughs> no 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 first they're, they're like okay here we go uh you're right it is called the future port it's called right. the future port through the past <laughs> Looking back at tomorrow featured nods to Jules Verne, Albert Robita's vision of a future Paris, and an art deco future of the 1930s and 40s. Take a listen, number four. Well, here, here's the stuff dreams were made of several hundred years ago. Yep, it's always fun looking back at tomorrow. Come on, I'll show you what I mean. <laughs> That's actually the best response. Yeah. That, was huh. good, that was a good transition. <laughs> the section also included a nod to visions of the future much closer to our Disney backyard, number five. Easy living. It's always been just around the corner. Great Big Beautiful Yesterday. <laughs> so yes, that's Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, of course, from the Carousel of Progress. So the Sherman Brothers did get in there eventually. <laughs> After looking back at tomorrow, guests entered the Omnisphere for a glimpse of cutting-edge technologies of present day. The Omnisphere featured two curved Omnimax movie screens together to create a projection surface 240 feet wide by 80 feet tall. That's almost 14 John Debney's tall and 40 John Debney's wide. Wow. wow. Or on any on given the White Sunday. House system, 1.42 White Houses long and just a few inches shy of one White House tall. How many, how many John Debney's is one White House? 
What's the conversion? <laughs> yeah, what's the conversion rate? <laughs> Gotta get my calculator. Go on, just Google it real quick. What's the Deb Nita White House conversion? <laughs> I think that's when we'll know we've made it. Right. I think that's when we'll know we've made it, when that stupid system is Googleable. I'm actually, I'm going to look to see. In a hundred years, people are going to be talking about John Debney's. The screens displayed images of a space shuttle launch, the DNA chain, mic- microphotography of growing crystals, and the first ever use of computer-enhanced Landsat photography. Low-frequency transducers were added to the ride vehicles to add rumbling effects to the shuttle launch and to enhance the score, which in this section was co-orchestrated by the attraction's primary composer, George Wilkins, along with the witty, the precise, the punctual, <laughs> the tenacious, the serendipitous... Oh, John Debney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, just real quick, uh, John Debney is the White House is uh, the White House is ten point three. John Debney's tall. Yeah, so we yeah. can round. We can round, round and say it. ten. Yeah, ten. John Debney's tall. Yeah. Tall. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Hear how Wilkins and Debney's right. score, written to accompany visuals demonstrating modern technology, is accentuated by the sound effects in the Omnisphere. Number six. Oh. <laughs> what? I'm so bad. <laughs> is coming from inside the house. <laughs> For real. <laughs> we watched all the poltergeists. No. And nope. uh, that reminded me of it. But that was better. <laughs> I hate, hate, loathe entirely being scared. Hate it. I can't watch the movies. I can't do any of that really? stuff. Sad. No. No. Sad. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> The third portion of Horizons was titled Tomorrow's Windows and showed us life in an achievable, achievable future of 2086. Yes. Tomorrow's <laughs> windows are today's cleaning problems. I don't know. Tomorrow. What is going on with the naming schemes, man? I love tomorrow's windows. <laughs> Yesterday is tomorrow's today. It's, a little like too, it's, it's, it's like a little too new agey, like trying to be too deep. Yeah, a little bit. Wait, it's it's a looking at a it's looking at a life um, from what what year? Twenty eighty six. Twenty eighty six. Well, we even have windows then. Do you think we'll have portholes for our spaceships that we're on after we destroy the Earth? <laughs> It'll just be video cameras. Yeah, as windows. See, I don't even know. Anyway, well, continue, you, Jeremy. Please. Do you guys know why twenty eighty six might have been pertinent for them to have that be the year? Is it the hundredth anniversary of Epcot? Nope. Oh. The 103rd, I think. Um, it's because, I don't know. I have no idea. Tell us. 
when Tomorrowland opened in 1955, it was... Um, demonstrating what life would be like in 1986. Oh. Still is. <laughs> 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 oh, I like that. Guests found themselves in the urban habitat, the home of the narrators of the attraction, and these characters bear a noticeable resemblance to the familiar cast of the Carousel of Progress, including the family dog. Riders are then taken through the desert known as Mesa Verde, developed by Imagineer Claude Coates, we know from his work on the Haunted Mansion, mm -hmm. which had been converted from a dry desert into an agricultural oasis tended by robotic harvesters and helium lifters to bring crops to the market. Following Mesa Verde, riders enter the undersea habitat of Sea Castle, including an underwater ca classroom, restaurant, and dwelling before heading off to outer space and the space station Bravo Centauri. And we hear, again, the musical talents of John Debney. Number seven. <laughs> After leaving Bravo Centauri, guests get to choose their transportation flight path back to the future port and fly past either Bravo Centauri, Sea Castle, or Mesa Verde on their way home. Based on the passengers' selections, the ride vehicles then synced up with a 50-foot-long moving screen developed by GE that traveled in front of the moving ride vehicles for a 31-second motion-simulated fly-through of one of the three futuristic communities before arriving at the unload section of the attraction. Each of the three simulations was filmed using custom-built models up to 86 feet in length. Special effects veteran Dave Jones, who was known for his work on the models in the original Star Wars trilogy, took over two years to design, build, and film the 31-second simulations. Wow. I could have done it in a year and a half. <laughs> so think about this, though. 1983, you have a ride mm -hmm. where the guests can pick what's going to happen it's and it amazing. changes based on what they select yeah like this is this is like a much higher level of interaction than we've had to date you, you, right right and they're trying to do that with star wars but yeah. i i don't see how it's going to work i really don't i mean think about if you've been on harry potter where the rot the screen is moving simultaneously with your car that's what this was doing in 1983 that's it's impressive. incredible yeah, it's very impressive. Old technology then. Sorry, Harry Potter. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, as guests exited, they were treated to John Debney's orchestration of the exit music from his over 30-minute Horizons area music loop. Number eight. <laughs> Number 
General Electric, the attraction sponsor, was famous in the 80s for their slogan. Um, we bring good things to life. Correct. Number nine. Wow. GE. I should have played it back in my head from the beginning to get the actual oh. like, the thing. <laughs> and John Debney was sure to weave the iconic GE theme into his arrangements. Number 10. The ride used a hanging Omnimover system that could process 2,660 guests per hour. The ride cars had individual speakers built in with audio that was transmitted to them via infrared. The Horizon show building was designed to resemble a spaceship while simultaneously giving the impression of an infinite horizon. It is one of the few show buildings in Disney World which is show ready from all sides, as during the development during the time of its development, there were plans for a separate Lake Buena Vista monorail system that would pass behind the building. Nice. GE eventually ended its sponsorship on September 30th, 1993, just 10 years after the opening of Horizons, and Horizons finally closed in late 1994. It reopened in December 1995 as its neighboring World of Motion attraction closed for its conversion to Test Track, and operated until its final day of January 9th, 1999. The ride is unofficially accepted by many Disney fans to be a modern sequel to the Carousel of Progress, where we witness the boundless possibilities of the future through the eyes of a family. They do not make them like this anymore. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, they, they partnered with scientists, professors, um, and, and GE. They had a sweeping original music score, architecture that looked like art. Like, this was the Walt Disney Company and Epcot of the 80s. And now, you know, we're supposed to get excited about slinky dog coasters and Guardians overlays. So thanks, Disney. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I guess what, put, what put, puts butts in the seats, right? You know, yeah. are, are people going to want to wait in line f to learn about the windows of tomorrow, or do they just want to get spun around real fast till they get dizzy and puke? Well, when you're playing to the least common denominator, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> because, I mean, I, I guess that is kind of what set up Disneyland and Disney World apart when, way back when, was that they went that extra mile. They weren't just playing to the base crowd. And it does. Right. It does. It does very much feel like all these movie overlays and these movie integrations are kind of just playing to what's going to the, the cheap. Uh, it's like cheap laughs, I guess. You know what I mean? It's just kind of basic stuff. Even though the tech is cool, like Star Wars Land is cool, but like really, you can't do anything else. You got to go Star Wars, right? I just wish that they like. It, you have so many parks. I just wish that they would try in one of them because this is the one where they can. Right. This is the one where you can break free from that mold and do something different, and they refuse to. So it's very sad. 
Anyway, that is the music of Horizons. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to hear Horizons and more old Epcot music, tune to SpectroRadio.us. There you go. All right, Jeremy. Good job as always, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a great, great evening. You Bye, too. Dude. Bye. Bye. Oh. Right. <laughs> the tomorrow's windows. Looking through tomorrow from yesterday. <laughs> from yesterday, today, and the uh, not not the day after, but the day after that for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, see, no, I didn't. I thought you guys rode Horizons. No, we rode uh, Spaceship Earth. I think that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. Yeah. yeah. Which apparently is closing for two years for yeah. refurb. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like, just take it out. If you have to close something for two years, just re- <laughs> re- redo the whole do thing. Do it over. Yeah. Start over. I hope they don't take out, um, what's his name? Uh, Lieutenant Dan. The he- Mars Mission to Mars or whatever? Yeah, because yeah. Lieutenant Dan was the host. Oh, yeah. nice. What's his name? Lieutenant Dan. Kiefer Gary, Sutherland. Gary. Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. Thank you. I always think it's Kiefer Sutherland. Gary Sinus. Gary Sinus. Like he always has a sinus problem. (laughs) My name is Gary Sinus. (laughs) And I want to tell you, welcome to the mission to Mars. (laughs) Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But first, the safety demonstration. You're you're making a turn with that. Sorry. I'm making a turd? Your turn. You're going. Oh. You're starting to go in a different direction with the voice. It's oh. sounded no, a slightly <laughs> different. Look, I'm working on my Gary Sinus bit. <laughs> no, it's, a good, it's a good bit, right? It's, it's a bit of something. It's a yeah. bit. It's a famous actor who has a spinal sinus problem. Okay. <laughs> Did you get it? Because this stop, is... Stop, stop, yes, stop. We got, got it. 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 Bev, what are we doing today? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Disney movie Easter eggs part two. Okay. Here we go. Here so we go. refresh everybody's memory. What is a Disney Easter egg, please? A- and why do we want to hear you talk about it? Well, because they're fun. Okay. Fun facts. And I'm fun. And we're I'm fun I'm fun and we're fun. And this show is fun. <laughs> uh, a Disney Easter egg is, well, our definition of a Disney Easter egg, because there are many out there, um, would be a reference to another film, another Disney character in a Disney movie. Perfect, if okay. that makes sense. Or like Hidden Mickeys. I'm going to go ahead and call Hidden Mickeys Easter eggs because I got some of those sprinkled For sure. in too. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's a reference to something Disney that doesn't really fit, but it's still Disney, so we're going to make it fit. Okay. Right? Let's go. Got I it. like it. Okay. We're going to start with Cinderella. Okay. And we're going to work our way all the way down to the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame. Right. We are skipping one movie Notre that I will catch Dame. on uh, part three. Okay. I skipped The Lion King. Specifically because I didn't have the time. I kind of I meant to do it today and forgot all about it. But I didn't have the time to go in and fact check all of the Easter eggs that I found. And I wanted to make sure that since it's Taryn's favorite, I was one hundred percent one hundred percent accurate. I appreciate that. When you're doing your research on this, do you find a lot of them that are incorrect on the internet? Like, would you say that these are this is the definitive? Show guide? So, no, not necessarily, but I do like to confirm them. So, like, there's a couple. The first one I'm going to start with is from Cinderella. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I have, and I copied this completely because I can't, I have an asterisk by this because I could not confirm this. And I don't know if that's just because my eyes couldn't see it. (laughs) Well, you're older. Well, yes, no, but it's a hidden Mickey. So, there's a part, we all know the part where Lady Tremaine is standing at the window and the two her two stepdaughters, when they're young, are at her sides and she's holding the cat and she's stroking him. Okay. Well, allegedly, there is a hidden a watercolor hidden Mickey in the lower left corner of the windowsill. Hmm. 
I could not find that to save my life. I don't think it would be there However, because the I don't think... the internet says it's there. But I don't think they were doing hidden Mickey's bed. I mean, they weren't doing that kind of when stuff. When Cinderella is scrubbing the floor, this is 100% confirmed, there is a bubble that floats up yeah. that mm-hmm. creates a hidden Mickey. Yeah, but is it a hidden Mickey or is it two bubbles, two smaller bubbles on a larger bubble because that's how bubbles go. It's a Mickey. It's. Bro. I think they d- they were doing hidden Mickeys back then, but they weren't, people weren't looking for them. They were just, I think, little like animator like, hey. Easter let's... eggs? Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Go figure. Okay. So yes, this one, that one is true. Okay. Next film. And I w- I'm curious if any of you, as I say the name of the film, if you know any, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Alice in Wonderland? Which is also Taryn's favorite film. Yeah. Mm-mm. I don't know of any. There's one. One that I could find and confirm. So when Alice is on trial, mm-hmm. uh, one of the jurors is Jose, how do you say his last name, from Saludos Amigos? Carbonara? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. No. Jose uh, from... Carocha? Carocha? Sure. It doesn't Carocha. matter. Yeah. Whatever. Jose the Parrot. Her, Jose the Parrot is okay. one of the jurors. Nice. Cool. That yeah. is cool. I did not know that. Um, in Peter Pan... Um, on Captain Hook's chair when he's in his ornate chair when he's sitting on the boat, the ship. Okay. There's a hidden Mickey carved into the back, like right uh, behind his head. Okay. And this is another one that has an asterisk because I couldn't confer- I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. But apparently when Tinkerbell falls and dusts herself off, mm-hmm. her dust fluffs in the shape of Mickey's. Hmm. Okay. But I couldn't huh. see that. So do you think that you couldn't see it because it's not there? Uh, and it's a lie and people are looking no. for stuff? Because that's the problem when you like... Yes and no. Okay. Because, because like constellations. Like, you know, you look up and you go, well, that could be friggin' anything. But just one person says it's uh, an archer, then now it's an archer. Right. You know what I mean? Kind of. But I also think that you're just grumpy. So mm, That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Our next film is Lady and the Tramp, and I found none. Really? None wow. whatsoever. Wow. However, Lady and the Tramp makes a lot of... They come up a lot in other films. Oh, okay. okay. But I couldn't find any in that hmm. particular film. I wonder okay. why. Huh. Yeah. In Sleeping Beauty, there's a part where um, the fairies are discussing how to help the king and queen, and Meriwether is making cookies, and there's she has a cookie in her hand at one point, and it's very clearly Mickey Mouse's head. Okay. Those things nice. have names? Yeah. The fairies have yeah, names? Yeah, absolutely. Meriwether... Mm. Pink and green. I don't know. <laughs> it's Meriwether, I do, no, I do know them. Tyson and Foreman. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Let's so. help this princess out. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. We can't use the magic. <laughs> Follow me. Uh, One hundred one Dalmatians. You guys know of any? No. Okay. Well, Can I guess that the spots make a Mickey Mouse? No, head? no, 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 no. So this is one of the ones where uh, Lady and the Tramp makes an appearance. Uh, so uh, Peg from Lady and the Tramp appears in the window of Percy's Percy's pet shop during the bark scene when when all the dogs start barking to let everybody know that the dogs have been missing, have been kidnapped. Have you ever seen Shrug Lady and the shoulders. Tramp? Oh, Shrug shoulders. You've never seen oh, Lady and the Tramp or 101 Dalmatians? No, I'm sorry, 101 Dalmatians. Oh, okay. I mean, probably because I grew up in America, and so I'm sure the movies <laughs> have been on while I have been in the room at some point in my life, but uh, I can't say that you referencing the bark scene makes me go, yes, I remember well, in the pet gets, store when the all the puppies things? get stolen. Yeah. Okay. And then a dog starts barking, and then mm. that alerts another dog. And then there's this whole like town-wide barking scene where they're mm. letting all the other dogs know that these little puppies have been stolen. And basically every Deville. dog, 
Yeah. Well, by and Cruella's basically people. every dog yeah. from Lady and the Tramp are in that scene barking. Okay, well, that's oh, cool. That's Who's Peg, though? Who's Peg from Lady and the Tramp? you come back to you. Best Steely Dan song ever. Um, so here's a question. Cruella DeVille, rich lady, right? Yes. Yes. Why didn't she just go to Korea if she wanted a coat made of dogs? <sighs> uh, oh the sword in the stone. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honest question that I feel like nobody's ever explored before. So what? Actually, asked why didn't she just adopt a bunch of dogs instead of trying to steal them? It's really easy to adopt a dog. Uh, she couldn't pass the background check. Go ahead. <laughs> How many dogs do you want? Um, so from the sword in the stone, you've seen that movie? I love that movie. I will recite every word. Let's go. During Whosoever shall pull up this st- sword from this stone and anvil shall be rightfully crowned king of all England. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah. Okay. During the duel scene, when, uh, yeah, a, now, now know you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so there's <laughs> I have a, no idea. Are you kidding? <laughs> there's a part where Merlin turns himself into a germ. Yeah, yeah, and he and infects, he infects it, right? Yes, and right. he infects Madame Mim. Let's let's assume it was a germ. Yeah. It's a germ. Okay. Uh, as the illness covers her in spots, mm-hmm. three of the spots on her belly are a Mickey Mouse head. Ah, nice. Okay. Never caught that. Ah, that's why I'm doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> and what else some, are you going to do? Give you something to look for. Yeah. Um, so the, this sort of time frame is actually pretty hard. Like There, there really aren't very many. Um, the Jungle Book. This was kind of fun. There's a quartet of singing vul- vultures. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Sure. They are modeled after the Beatles. Yes. The Beatles don't uh-huh. voice them. However, they're each designed to look and sound like, like one of the individ- Beatles. Like all they have the, the mop, yeah. the mop uh, top yeah. haircuts too. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, would have yeah. been cool if they got the Beatles to do that. I don't mean three of the Beatles, but... Oh, dear. I don't know what, what year that... Weren't they all alive back then? Like yeah. Like the 60s or something? Oh, uh, the Jungle Book 60s? Yeah. 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 yeah John they didn't die until 80. Yeah. They probably had their own cartoon at that point probably too, mm-hmm. so... Whatever. Yeah. So for the Aristocats. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> so for the Aristocats, I could not find anything. However, I did find a lot of cool facts out about this movie. No, right. Hit so, us with some facts, Cat. Hit you with some facts. No, don't ever say that again. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was the first Disney film to be produced after Walt Disney's death. Hmm. Oh, therefore, that's why it's it terrible. Is, therefore, it is the last film to be approved by Walt Disney directly oh. and is the last movie that says <laughs> a Walt Disney production. Ah. Oh, okay. really? Oh. And another thing is six of the original nine old men worked on that particular film. And I love the Aristocats. I've never seen it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Aristocrats? I've never, yeah, I've never seen the Aristocrats. Is that like the Amadeus? Aristocats. That's that joke. That's a really bad joke, the Aristocrats. Yeah. yeah. No, I have never seen that movie, but the Aristocats, before. Oh, I love no, it. Neither have I. Don't they have a drunk cat in it? Isn't that when like, there's like a drunk cat and you can sort of see him on the... Like the character dining, like uh, Chippendales, yeah, we saw John him. or whatever. Yeah, he's just like a drunk ass cat with like a top, like a scrunched up top hat, and like the lids off, and he's like stumbling is around. Is that Scat Cat? Which is also a real name. His eyes are all red. He drunk. He shakes. So, in the same vein of Scat Cat, again, definitely his name. Scat Unfortunate. Uh, he makes an appearance in Robin Hood. However, Scat Cat? Scat Cat. In Robin Hood. In Robin Hood. Yeah. All right, tell well, me when, because I know this movie by heart. Do you really? Yeah. 
Robin Hood and Sword in the Stone, baby. Those are my those are my. Uh, movies. I didn't write down where it is, and I can't remember. However, I will say that um, I read some articles about this, and it's mm-hmm. speculated that the footage of him being there is actually just because of budgetary constraints. Mm. So, like a lot of his motions are exactly the same as they were in the Aristocats. Like they just <laughs> reused. Wasn't that? Wasn't that, that the was thing? thing? Yeah, we talked about that. I, I think yeah. they used some uh, Jungle Book. Jungle Book yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So this might be a secret. Thank you, Taryn. That is Scat Cat is very fat. It should be Fat Cat. Maybe that's. I don't know. I don't know where I was going to go with that. Hmm. This might be a secret show kind of a Easter egg. Oh, okay. Oh boy. But in the rest, oh, the, I'm sorry. The next movie is the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Literally nothing. Okay. <laughs> in 1990. 1990- I mean, that's not true. The word poo is in the uh-huh. name. Like it's poo. You saying poo all the time? That's pretty funny. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, in 1977, The Rescuers, mm-hmm. there's a part where Bianca and Bernard fly but past a woman. They're, they're, in, they're in like a sardine can. Okay. And they're, they're going somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where they're the rescuing going. rescuing people. Sure. But there's a part where they fly past um, an open window. And if you pause it at exactly the right moment, mm-hmm. there is very clearly a naked woman in the background. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, uh, like silhouette? No, like full on naked. Like front? Front. I mean, like belly button up. Wow. But completely topless. Really? Oh, yeah. I got to look that up. That, uh, I, can't, I, have, I cannot believe. Disney claims that this was added as, I'm, I'm just completely quoting this. Disney claims this was added as a prank by the post-production team once discovered VHS copies of the movies were recalled and the shirtless lady was removed in future editions. Same thing has happened to other movies of Disney. They do that. They pull these little things and then they get out in public. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's a photo. It's not even like like a sketch. Oh. It's like a literal photo. <laughs> if you Google, just Google the rescuers and the naked woman. Uh, it's um, not you kids. Not, not you kids. You kids. No. <laughs> I mean, it's like four pixels. Yeah, it's, it's, you got to squint, but it's yeah. there. Um, in the Black Cauldron, well, there's a part where Taran, T A R A N. Huh. I can't even say the same. Huh. Huh. Elanawi and. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> discovered the fair folk in the underground kingdom. Tinkerbell is right in the center of all the fairies. Oh, oh. okay. Uh, Good for her. <laughs> in Oliver and Company, a movie I've never seen or heard of ever. You've never heard of it? No. Oh, wow. Even I've heard of it. I've never seen it. No, I've never heard of it hmm. until this. Right. Uh, during the song, Why Should I Worry, right after Dodger climbs up onto the piano. You know Dodger. Yeah, you know, you know that scene. Yeah, and Totally. No, when I Googled it, I did. Um, the th- when he climbs up onto the piano, there are three different dogs that are being shown. The three dogs are from Lady and the Trumpets, the Scotty, the Basset Hound, and the Female Mutt. And also, Pongo from 101 Dalmatians also makes a cameo in that scene. Nice. Now, The Little Mermaid. This is where Disney really gets heavy with their Easter eggs. Okay. Like, this is when they're, they're like, oh, this is a cool thing. Yeah. We should do this in all of our movies. <laughs> <laughs> there should have been an actual, like, a literal painted Easter egg. In this movie. <laughs> great. Like, they just, they jumped the shark and kind of just went full circle with it. You see all the Easter eggs? So, when Ariel is signing the contract to give her voice away to Ursula, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of words you can't make out on there, but mm-hmm. then there's also a little Mickey Mouse right on the contract. Hmm. All right. Um, let's see. When King Triton, the very beginning of the movie, when he enters the concert hall. King okay. Abs. King Abs. Yeah. King Hottie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, when he when he rolls in yeah. on his, 
what are the are they dolphins that are dragging? Whatever, uh, it doesn't yeah, even matter. So. Mm. King Hottie, um, when he rolls into <laughs> Bev's his, thirsty for the king of the sea. <laughs> right. When he goes into the concert hall, there's a sea of people underneath him. You can clearly make out again if you pause at exactly the right moment, and the internet will tell you where. Mm-hmm. You can see um, Mickey Mouse, Goofy, underwater. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. So you can make out Mickey Mouse and Goofy, and I think Donald. King Triton riding dolphins is fine, <laughs> yeah. but Mickey Mouse underwater. Hold on, hold on, everyone so relax. And then pretend. also down in down with the peasants, uh, Kermit is also in there. Oh, huh. yeah, Kermit the Frog. Huh? We've talked about this before at the end of Under the Sea when all the fish point to Ariel. After Under the Sea, mm-hmm. whatever. Stop shaking your head at me when they all point to her. her the incredible Mister Limpet is there. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I do remember that. Okay. He's also in the ride, I believe. He is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then during the wedding scene, two of the guests are the Grand Duke and the King from Cinderella. Oh. Uh, okay. Naturally. Underwater? No. Oh. That part's not underwater. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Here we go. For Beauty and the Beast, this is kind of fun. At the beginning of the film, when Maurice is on the horse and he's kind of lost and he's trying to figure his way to get to the... Um, it's so sad. I know. Mm-hmm. When he's trying to get to the castle the fair. No, he's trying He's trying to get to like some fair to oh, show off yeah, his, through the woods his and johns. Yeah. yeah, and he comes across a sign and it's all weather-beaten and you can't make out anything. If you pause and look very closely, those signs all, they say Ramona, Sog- Sog- Sogus, Newhall, Valencia, and Anaheim. Huh. huh. Which are all towns where um, the animators lived. That's cool. Oh. For Aladdin. When Aladdin promises to give the genie his freedom, the genie turns his face into Pinocchio oh. to say that he's a liar. Nice. I remember that. Yeah. Um, when Aladdin and genie leave the Cave of Wonders, it's sort of the same time frame. They, they, they're in the, um, the Oasis. They're about to sing a song, or they have already sang a song. I don't know. But he pulls a crab out of a cookbook. The crab uh, is Sebastian. Nice. So oh, yeah, they really, they really went for this it. This is where they get heavy. At the end of the film, when Jafar's curse breaks, right as uh, the, the tiger, remember he was just like a baby tiger? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turns Beverly, back in. swear to God, talk to your I'm microphone, sorry, for I'm, God's like, sakes. I'm trying to read and... <laughs> God, fine. Please start over, because I couldn't hear you. No, from the top, like the very... <laughs> okay, sure. Cinderella. Yeah. Um, you sound really good right now. So when the tiger is a baby, mm-hmm. and he... The, the, the curse is broken and he turns back into a grown-up tiger. Yeah. There's a part where as he's morphing, mm-hmm. he's his head. he has two heads. He has one head down here and then the other head up here. And that head has Mickey Mouse ears. Oh, that's cute. Oh, okay. Jeez. They, uh, they went after it. They, they hammered it home, yeah, man. He really did. <laughs> um, there's a part where the sultan is stacking little figurines, mm-hmm. um, a little menagerie of figurines. One of them is very clearly the beast from Beauty and the Beast. Okay. It's really easy to make out. Uh, two of the other animals also look like Shere Khan and um, the crocodile from Peter Pan, but they could also just be TikTok. a crocodile. Mm-hmm. A crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. Croc. <laughs> I wonder if they had like uh, production meetings about this. Like, hey, this would be a good scene to mix in an animal. Should we, you know, are the animators just like, you know what, I'm just going to make this look like this. Yeah. And, yeah. You know? Probably, yeah. Or a mixture of both, maybe. And then the last is the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. In the scene where Frollo is chasing Quasi and Esmeralda out of, out onto the balcony, there's a shot looking, and you can see the, the gargoyles in the background. The first gargoyle is actually Pumbaa from The Lion King. Oh. Nice. Pumbaa. That's cool. And nice. then last one is while Quasimodo is singing out there, 
The camera focuses down onto the street, and you can see Belle walking down the street. Uh-huh. Uh, Pumbaa from The Lion King is um, being carried on a pole, and the mag- which I don't sad. really understand. <laughs> um, and then the magic really carpet painful. is also being shaken out and hung over, like to hang out to dry. Or whatever. What, what, okay. what was that last part? The magic carpet from oh, Aladdin. Oh, cute. I like that. Yeah, so it's like an overhead scene, but you see all these characters. That's like They're the best all, part it, of that it's whole all movie in then. the same like street shot. Yeah, nice. that's cool. Cool. Yeah, and that's it. Right. Good, Good job, Beth. Sure. Nice work. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Let's do a little bit of Disney news, because why not? March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. Just a little bit. I'll save it for the next show, too, because uh, there's a lot of good news here, folks. Uh, block that. Disney is donating $1 million towards Hurricane Michael relief efforts. Nice. It's nice. I thought that was cool. Uh, the company will also match donations made by employees to eligible relief and recovery organizations helping in Florida. Michael barreled in the Florida Panhandle last week as Category 4 hurricane with 155 mile an hour winds Jeez. that practically flattened the town of Mexico Beach. The storm then raced through Georgia, the Carolinas, and Virginia, killing at least 17 people as of Sunday. Uh, you guys have obviously heard about it and uh, seen the devastation. So that's cool. Disney's donating a million bucks, man, and matching uh, employee donations. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. Speaking of Aladdin, or Aladdin, <laughs> um, the Aladdin writer was unhappy that he was excluded from and not paid for Disney's live-action remake. Which, by the way, they released the uh, like the teaser trailer for uh, the uh, live uh, Aladdin. Have you guys seen it? No. Yeah. It's no. terrible. Oh, no. <clears throat> because it doesn't show anything. It's mostly like the, the titles where it's like from Disney or right, whatever. Right. And then it's this weird pan in like you're following the, the parrot or whatever in this castle. And everything just is super dark and you don't nothing is going on. And then there's the shot of Aladdin taking out the, or, you know, uh, reaching... For the ah, turned off that monitor, reaching for the uh, for the lamp. lamp. Yeah, he looks like a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> like he just looks like he has no business being in front of a camera. Or I mean, he just I don't know. I think he looks. Uh, I, I feel know, like the, the the it was very dramatic. Um, the music was f- cool in it. Like it tried to bring you in, but like there was l- just nothing to it. And I know it's a, like a teaser. It's not a trailer, right. but like. It was boring. It was it was more of a teaser for the lettering than it was for the actual yeah. show. Because they didn't show you any content. They showed a pair right. of flying, going into a cave, and then this dude reaching up and with all this like jewels and gold around. Which is like, if you're a thief, you're not going to steal the lamp that's way off in the distance of the right, cave when right. there's a whole bunch of other gold and jewels around. Exactly. It's just stupid. Uh, Terry Rossio, one of the writers of Disney's 1992 animated feature Aladdin, is speaking out about being excluded both financially and creatively from the upcoming live-action Disney remake, which uses stories and scenes that he helped create. He wrote on Twitter last Friday, So strange that literally the only words spoken in the new Aladdin trailer happens to be a rhyme that my writing partner and I wrote. And Disney offers zero compensation to us or to any screenwriters on any of these live-action remakes, not even a t-shirt or a pass to the park. Rossio, who co-wrote the screenplay for the original animated film with writing partner Ted Elliott and directors Ron Clements and John Musker, is in the current situation because the Animation Guild 
which has traditionally represented animation writers, hasn't been able to negotiate the same comprehensive benefits for screenwriters as the Writers Guild of America, which represents live-action screenwriters. If Aladdin had been a live-action film and Disney was remaking it in any form, Rossio would have almost certainly been a profit participant in the remake. Oh, man, it looks really boring. Yeah. Very lackluster. I agree. Um, apparently, Walt Disney World has uh, souvenir medallions now instead of pressed pennies. Huh. It's not really like super news, but I thought it was kind of cool. They're doing like collectible medallions now. Nice. I think that's kind of cooler. Yeah. But do you get them in the same way or do you have to uh-huh. buy them? You get five. They're $5 each. <laughs> oh. Or three for 10. Jeez. And they offer four. <laughs> One to but frozen like, one. and you may not know this, but do you buy them like in a store or do you get them at, in a like, kiosk? A like it's oh. it's a machine, but they're already like made. So That's part of cool, the allure of the press penny is that it's a print penny, yeah. and then it gets stretched and pressed into a thing, and you get to see it happen. Yeah, this is they're literally pre-made, and you hit a button, and one comes out. Yeah, cool. That's kind of lame. That's pretty dumb. If it was twenty-five cents, it'd be much cooler. Uh, okay, we're gonna do this last uh, this last news uh, story. This is specifically. For Terrence, Lil Yachty. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Lil Yachty partners with Disney and Beats by Dre to reveal Mickey Mouse's 90th anniversary edition headphones. This is the stupidest thing. (laughs) Wait, how much are they? (laughs) Lil Boat. Fool isn't even a... Known for his exuberant youthful energy... Lil Yachty makes sense as the perfect pick to represent the face of a campaign celebrating the 90th anniversary of Mickey Mouse. Okay, so number one, he's no. He's the perfect pick. He doesn't. He's the perfect pick. He's, he says on Double uh, XL. He's he's a terrible rapper. Why not? If if you're partnering with Beats by Dre, how about? I don't know. I'm just going to throw this out there. How about Dre? <laughs> I'm a legend. In partnership with Disney and Beats by Dre, the 21 year old is helping promote the Mickey Mouse Anniversary Edition Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones. Marketing-wise, the collaboration is exploring where a career or legacy first began, playing off the famous Walt Disney quote, it was all started by a mouse, which we, all, of course, all know it was all started by a rabbit. That's true. During a quick 15-second clip, Lil Yadi can be seen donning the Mickey Mouse-laden headphones and reflecting briefly on his come-up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, Did you guys know that he has a song called Mickey? about Mickey Mouse. I did not know that. I did not. It's not really about Mickey Mouse, but he does say Mickey Mouse in it. Of course, he did probably 500 times in a row, too. Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, <laughs> Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Little boat. He's horrible. I do Shout really like the headphones, though. The headphones are pretty fly, dude. I'm not going to lie. They're dope, but uh, yeah. him, for real, dude. Like for, I, no. Does your article say the price? Because mine no. does. No. What is it? Wow. Hard pass. No thanks, dude. No thank you. Yachty for real? Why? How is he the perfect person for anything? Because his exuberant energy. Exuberant. I don't know. He probably has an album coming out soon. And it's probably going to be uh, uh, for sale on Apple exclusively or something like that. He's really handsome. (laughs) (laughs) I love his grill. That's where it started. This one day I was just, uh, we were in the car listening to this kind of music and I started looking Jesus up Christ. this kind of music <laughs> well I didn't I didn't really Taryn's waited for a shift at the library <laughs> <laughs> and I started looking up all these rappers and man they are so ugly wow yes. like Lil Pump you see Lil Pump no. on oh my gosh on Saturday Night Live do you see him and Kanye no. I don't watch Saturday Night Live man Con- 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 
our next president was on <laughs> I hope so. Saturday Night Live. Him and Lil Pump were dressed as water bottles. Oh God! He is, <laughs> Lil he is Pump far more attractive was than dressed I agree, as actually. a Lil Pump was dressed as um, a, a Dasani bottle, and Yeezy was dressed as a Perrier bottle. And I'm like, you've you're, you're, you've lost it. Like you've lost it. You have nothing Kanye left. Kanye has never been no with it. No, he was in Uganda handing out Yeezys. Oh, I saw that. Sick. And better, apparently they, they better met than Tom's with right. Like the president of Uganda and the president of Uganda asked Kim Kardashian, "So what do you do for a living?" Please tell me you're serious. Yeah. No. Yes. No. It, it haven't. And I, I wonder if they go. Well, what, tell me about your civil rights and you know your human oh, rights man. efforts. Because oh wait, yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway. Um, all right, we're done here, everybody. Uh, quick round of uh, let's let's close out here. Terrence, scale of one to ten, where did we land? Where did we land? Uh, we started at a six. We ended at a solid six point two. <laughs> I said seven. I think we're ending at a six. Oh wow, Taryn. I think we went up to an eight. Really? Yeah. What did I say? A four? I, I said think? a two. I said a two. You said a two. You said a two. Number two. Two. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I don't know. I just wasn't. Uh, I don't know. It's it's me. It was me. Um, what I'm going to do is drink half a Red Bull and mix it with your wine. You still have Red no. Bulls left from the of course anniversary show? Oh, yeah. I'm literally surprised nobody else drank as much as, as they should have. A red wine spritzer. Hollered. No, thanks. But anyway, thanks a lot for sticking it out with this show. It was a weird show. Thanks to Jeremy, of course, from SpectraRadio.us. And uh, last but not least, thanks again to Getaway Today for sponsoring today's episode. Whether you're traveling to Disneyland, Disney World, or beyond, head over to GetawayToday.com slash ears up and until next time everybody we will see you in the parks